When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Hopefully everybody's having a fabulous day. We get deeper and deeper into the month of January and things are starting to get pretty serious as far as all the games are concerned. And we'll recap all the events from last night. I'm passionate about this subject and I wanted to throw it out there from a multitude of different platforms and different angles on the Ivan Provorov situation. You probably saw what happened the other night for Pride Night in Philadelphia between the Ducks and the Flyers, in which Ivan Provorov refused to wear the Pride jersey and skate in the warm-ups for Pride Night uh, in support, or I guess lack thereof, support of the LGBTQ plus um, community that was being supported in the Flyer game, and he cited religious reasons. Now, he is Russian Orthodox. Um, I grew up Russian Orthodox, which is very, very similar to um, Catholicism, so I'm not going to get into all the different details, but I'm very familiar with the religion, and I could not disagree more with Provorov's stance on this. Um, I think we should um, accept that community and support that community. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, but Provorov also has his right to not support it uh, in a nonviolent way. He didn't commit a crime. Uh, he didn't say anything derogatory. I think it's disrespectful not to participate, but he is citing religious reasons and decided not to to skate. I think if we are as a society going to ever get along, I think we've got to stop all the vitriol when we disagree. I disagree with Provorov's stance. I, I think he was wrong, but we'd live in a country where he has the right to feel the way he feels about it, and if he doesn't want to skate in the warm-ups, then I, that's his prerogative. Uh, he does no right to th- use hate speech. He's got no right to use violence or any kind of platform like that. That would be obviously something that would be criminal, and that would be something that need to be disciplined by not only the Philadelphia Flyers, but the NHL. But simply not participating in warm-ups is a completely different thing. And I 100% disagree with Provorov's stance. But he is entitled to his opinion, and we can be respectful of that in a way in which we don't discipline him. And that's why I don't have a problem with Tortorello or the Philadelphia Flyers you know, not disciplining him for participating in the warm-ups because, boy, it opens up a Pandora's box, especially when he cites religious reasons. I'm sure the Flyers don't want to get involved in that, nor does John Tortorella. So um, I think we just have to be supportive of that and just kind of move on from it in that sense, and but still disagree at the same time. I think what the problems we have in this country is I'm right, you're wrong, I hate you, and then it just becomes a, a back and forth and nothing ever gets resolved. So do I agree with Ivan Provorov? 100%. I do not agree with him. I don't get it. I don't support it whatsoever. But at the same time, he can do, if he doesn't want to participate in the warm-ups and feels like that's something he doesn't want to get involved in, I guess in a free country, he has the right to do that, and we have the right to move on from it. The other aspect of it is John Tortorella is getting beat up by 
supporters uh, or anti-Provorov support that he should have been benched for not warming up. And as I mentioned, it's a very slippery slope for John to be able to do that and the Philadelphia Flyers organization once he cited that it was for religious reasons. The other side of this, which I want to throw support at torts is he's coming off as a hypocrite because if you remember during the Colin Kaepernick situation, he said that if there was any player that didn't stand for the national anthem, he'd bench him. Well, that obviously is a hypocritical view, but let's also take context into it. Number one, it was a long time ago. Opinions have changed, including John Tortorella's, since the Colin Kaepernick situation happened. Plus, when the Colin Kaepernick situation took place, John Tortorella had a son that was overseas in the military. So he was obviously sensitive to that type of a protest. He admitted back in 2020 he's rethought it and thinks differently of what he had said a few years prior to that. So he may have had a hypocritical opinion back you know, five, six years ago whenever the Colin Kaepernick situation happened. He's not being hypocritical now. And I don't even really think that John Tortorella would have gotten support from the Flyers organization to bench him for the reasons I said because of the religious situation. So I don't want to get too deep into it, but I also don't want to ignore when something happens in the NHL and I wanted to be able to throw support to Tortorella's decision. I also want to throw support to obviously the LGBTQ community um, that I do not agree with Provorov said or Provorov did. Uh, and somebody that grew up Russian Orthodox and came from that faith, and I am the, not consider myself an overly religious person. Um, I never felt that, at least from the church that I went to, was with St. Peter's and Paul's of Passaic, New Jersey, that I was ever uh, taught to uh, be against that community. So I don't know if things have changed over the last few years. I haven't gone to church in a long time, or at least that particular church, but it wasn't anything that was communicated to me 30 years ago. I doubt it's been communicated now, but again, he has the right to feel the way he wants to feel, and if he's going to hide behind uh, the religious thing to get out of Philadelphia, which has been suggested, and I think that would be wrong, too. You know, do not use the religious platform as a way to maybe get another contract or ask out of the Philadelphia Flyers organization. That would be complete bull, too, because you need to be respectful of people that have religious beliefs and not use them for your own fodder and your own negotiations. So there's a lot on the table that I just wanted to get out of. I do have this uh, podcast to be able to do that. If you agree, if you disagree, please feel free to interact with me at at Don LaGreca, um, hashtag game misconduct. So... He could do what he wants to do. I disagree with Provorov, and I like what the NHL is doing, throwing support to uh, the LGBTQ community and having Pride Nights. I love it when the Rangers do it, Devils do it, Islanders do it here in the New York metropolitan area, and I hope it continues to move forward in the National Hockey League. And if there are people or, or there are players that disagree with that stance, then I guess we live in a free country and we have to accept the differences that we have in our beliefs. All right, let's get right into it and take a look at the games from last night. Probably the best game last night was the victory for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. They came out sluggish. There were five goals in the first period. Panthers are in must-win mode like every single night. Uh, five goals, three of them by the Panthers in the first period, and the Panthers did carry a lead going into the third, but it would be... Nylanders getting the game-tying goal, and that would come early in the third period, about six minutes in. Then he gets the game-winner in overtime for his 24th of the season. I love what the I love Toronto right now. In, in It's not all about the same guys every single night. There are so many players having great seasons for them offensively. 
But if the let's face it, if the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to really compete for the Cup, and they've got Boston staring them right in the face, this is the team that has really held up the Leafs from getting out of the second round literally for 20 years. Doesn't matter who the coach of the Bruins is, doesn't matter who their stars are, that's the team that's in the way. And the best team in the NHL is in the Atlantic Division, and Toronto has to figure out a way to get by them. If they're going to do this, the goaltending has to be better. And Murray was just awful, allowed four goals on eight shots. They brought him back for the second period. I was listening into the broadcast and um, they were having a discussion on the air about do you bring him back for the second period do you allow him to continue to play and they gave him the chance in the second period he gave up the goal Uh, when you have a 50 save percentage that's not going to work so I I do see teams we saw with Colorado last year you don't have to have the greatest goaltending in the world to win a cup especially when you have the firepower that teams like the Avalanche and the Leafs have but you got to get better goaltending than that and we'll see if that ends up happening for the Leafs but they do get the win Uh, they only allowed 19 shots so certainly defense was not a problem it's been the goaltending and the Lightning the uh, Leafs get the win Uh, also Capitals, they lose. They had that great come-from-behind victory against the Islanders, down 3-0, tied the game, won it in overtime, and they had a second of back-to-backs. Really tough spot for them last night. They threw 36 shots on goal, so I I really can't say that you can criticize the Capitals. Second of back-to-backs going up a really good team. Um, Gustafson makes 34 saves. Sometimes the goaltender's just better. Uh, They did a good job holding the Wild to just 22 points. So the Capitals right now maintain that first wild card position. But last night was their 47th game. It's the most of any team in the National Hockey League. And so their 54 points looks a little dubious when you consider Pittsburgh's got four games in hand to move up on them. And as far as the Capitals trying to catch the Rangers, they have three points back, but the Rangers have two games in hand. They're trying to catch the Devils, who have 61 points. The Devils have three games in hand. Carolina's got three games in hand. So the Capitals are in good shape, good plus um, uh, goal differential at 17. They've been pretty good on the road, better at home. But the games that they played, a little bit of a byproduct of their point total, uh, and they've got 54 points. Their next game is going to be at Arizona, so they're going to go out west. So we'll see how they handle that. Um, And it's a big game for the Islanders tonight. They're going to be taking on the Boston Bruins, and the Islanders sit there tied with Pittsburgh in points. But again, the Islanders have played two more games than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to be at Ottawa, while the the Islanders will skate against the Bruins. So a lot of pressure on the Islanders to try to catch up, but they did catch a break with Washington losing in regulation, can draw within two points of Washington and still have a game in hand at the end of the day there. So that's good. As far as the Wilder concerned, they're in that battle in the Central Division. They've got now 54 points. They've got two games in hand on Winnipeg, two games in hand on Dallas. So Minnesota is in really good shape there in the Central Division. I like that team a lot. They're fun to watch. Sabres are kind of letting things get away from them, aren't they? Uh, they look like they were the hottest team in the league. Thompson was really carrying them offensively. Their goaltending had been pretty good. And because of the games in hand they had, it looked like they were in pretty good shape in the Eastern Conference. But they lose to Chicago. Blackhawks win it by the final score of 4-3 to three in overtime as Seth Jones gets the game winner midway through OT. So the Blackhawks have played better. Um, they've actually won four of their last five. 
but the Sabres are kind of blowing it here. All right, Their goal differential is terrific, a plus 13, but just four wins in their last 10, points in just half of them, 4-5-1 and one over their last 10. So they still have the games in hand on Washington, but they're 10 points back of Washington now. Uh, they've, they're five points back of the final playoff spot with the same amount of games played as Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh uh, right now has 19 row wins to Buffalo's 16, so they don't have the tiebreakers right now. They've got their next game coming up against the Islanders. Um, The Islanders will play a game before against Boston tonight. It kind of feels like Buffalo's window's closing a bit. Florida playing better, but not enough. So right now, I feel pretty comfortable saying that of the teams that are on the outside looking in in the East, the Islanders might be the only team that can still make it. Um, Florida still mathematically alive. Buffalo... Philadelphia's played better. They've won eight of their last ten, but I just think they've got too far to go. Um, and they're going to have to make some decisions, buyers or sellers, once we get to the deadline. So mathematically, even Detroit is still alive because of the games in hand they have. They've played only 43 games. But realistically, the Islanders, I think, are the only team that, that might be able to make it. Um, what's up with the Winnipeg Jets? They lose in Montreal to the Canadians 4-1. to one. But I really should say... That what's up with the Montreal Canadiens? Have they found themselves a goaltender in Sam Montembeau? I thought he was great at Madison Square Garden the other night. He had played well uh, the night before in that Saturday game before they played the Rangers in a 2-1 loss to the Islanders. But you take a look at their goaltending, and he had made 25 saves last night. Winnipeg is no slouch. I mean, they've got they they've got Wheeler back. They're they're a strong team battling in the Central Division. They're in second place. And they had won, you know, they've won eight of ten, even with that loss to Montreal. So Montreal kind of getting things together. I really, really like what's going on right now with their coaching situation. I've always been a Martin St. Louis fan. They've been patient there in Montreal. And I told you a story about how um, the fans have been patient and not getting on the team. I'm not sure if I told this one that before the game last Thursday, when I called the Ranger Canadians game. Martin St. Louis really made a great point about using a baseball analogy with the Canadians saying that they they need to have shifts of just getting on base. Like everybody wants to go out there and score goals, right? That they all everybody wants to hit the home run, but sometimes just having a good defensive shift, sometimes just making sure you have some possession in the offensive zone, you block some shots, you do some productive things, that's getting on base. And they just need to string shifts in which they get guys on base and then eventually the goals will happen. They're a young team, but there's some veterans there as well. I mean, Armia's been pretty good for them. Uh, uh, Hoffman's been in and out of the lineup, but he has played a little better as of late. But I like what Martin St. Louis is doing there. If they can get the goaltending, they probably dug themselves too big of a hole to do anything this year. But I think the future is pretty bright. Hopefully they'll hold on to Martin St. Louis. That's going to be pretty important. Uh, Blackhawks throw 40 shots at the Nashville Predators. Uh, Lankinen makes 39 saves. So the Predators, again, really breaking down defensively, really relying on their goaltender, whether it's uh, Soros, whether it's Lankinen, seeing tons and tons of shots. But he made 39 saves. Predators get the 2-1 victory over the Blue Jackets. And sorry, Columbus fans, that's a full-blown rebuild right now. Your team plays hard. They're just not good enough. And the Nashville Predators, who are trying to make up ground in that central division, had to win that game against Columbus, and they did. So they're right now three points back at Calgary for the final playoff spot with a game in hand. Their goal differential starting to climb up now to minus six. They're six, three, and one over their last 10. 
That's a game Nashville had to have. And now the Kraken have slowed down just a bit after an eight-game winning streak. They've now dropped their last two. So they're staying two points back of Vegas with a game in hand as they lose in Edmonton to the Oilers by the final score of 5-2. to two. Usual suspects for the Oilers, but last night it was Hyman getting the three points that really was the difference for the Edmonton Oilers. So... Um, you look at the uh, the points, Hyman with three points, two points for Holloway, uh, McDavid just uh, the one goal in the game, but Edmonton with a big win over the Kraken, so the Edmonton maintain that second wild, that first wild card spot with 53 points and 46 games played, and they are right now three points back of the Kings for third place in the Pacific Division. And they are uh, have the same amount of games played as the Los Angeles Kings. So that should be a lot of fun uh, watching that race in the Pacific Division. All right, games tonight. There are a few. I'm going to be over at UBS tonight. The Michael K. Show is going to be doing the show live from there as the Islanders play host to the Boston Bruins. So I'll be able to do a little homework on the Bruins because tomorrow they're going to be at the Garden taking on the Rangers. And I'm going to have the play-by-play for that. Uh, it's a tough spot for the Islanders. They need every win they can. They've got, listen. That was a tough loss the other night. They did get a point, but you got a three. You got a three goal lead, and you're the Islanders. You got to do a better job than that, especially when you got Pittsburgh going up against the Ottawa Senators tonight. Should be a good one in Calgary between the Flames and the resurgent Avalanche. Uh, the Avalanche have kind of found their groove a little bit here. They've won a couple in a row, scoring at what was it, 13 goals in that two game span. Uh, it's the Lightning at the Canucks. And the Sharks play host to the Dallas Stars. So many rumors swirling around on what San Jose is going to do with Eric Carlson. He's certainly the comeback player of the year. He's in contention for the Norris Trophy. He has just been so terrific. 14 goals, 44 assists, 58 points. I mean, this guy is on pace for a, you know close to 100 points. It's incredible the resurgence that he had. He looked like he was pretty much finished. If you look at last year, um, look at the games played. Only played 50 games last year, 52 uh, the year before that. Um, so he hasn't played a, a, a complete season. Even You have to go back to, um, obviously, there was a 56-game schedule in 2021 because of the pandemic. He didn't even play a full season there. But you're looking at point totals. He has not had anywhere close to the season that he's had this year since going back to the 17-18 season with 62 points. And then you look at his best season, you've got to go back to 15-16 when he had 82 points. So he's going to blow by all of that. The question is, where is he going to finish up? They can get a mint for him. Um, So San Jose, if he's on the trade block, how that's all going to work itself out. But, God, there's so many teams that would just love the opportunity to be able to bag him uh, as a possible trade uh, at the deadline. But he is just having a terrific, terrific season for a San Jose team that's obviously in a clear rebuild. So let's hear from you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct is always the way to go about it here on social media. So where do we begin? Let's go with Don L. Weaver who says, hello, Don, let me ask you this question. Which team do you think needs um, Colin Bedard the most? Ducks, Coyotes, Sharks, Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, Flyers, Canadians, Canucks. Anybody can use this guy. I mean, he's going to be the best player. He's, he's got that Connor McDavid feel to it. So listen, it's a silly question as far as who needs him more. Anybody can plug this guy in but if there is an organization 
that helps the National Hockey League, help, help, helps um, the rebuild. I mean, obviously, Chicago would be a tremendous destination. God, the players that the Blackhawks have let go. I call games, and it's like I'm calling the Montreal game on Sunday, and there's Kirby Doc, former Chicago Blackhawk, or you, know, you, you could just go around the league, all the players that used to be Blackhawks that are now surging other places. Obviously, Panarin with the New York Rangers used to play for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, God, there's just so many players, and and uh, they just need they, they need the shot in the arm. There's no question uh, about that. Um, uh, Kubalik used to play for the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, you go to DeBrinket, who's doing some things in Ottawa. Just uh, it, it's pretty incredible. Sam Diaz says, "Hey Don, I know the Rangers want Trochank to be a second center, but he just doesn't vibe with Panarin. I think Hedl should be the second center with Brett and Kraftsoff on his side, and Trochek, uh centering Lafreniere." and VC, what do you think? It, I, I get the same feel. He doesn't have a great a, a touch, a great shot. Um, he's great on faceoffs, and I think that's what's intoxicating, right? Especially why he's on the first unit on the power play because possession is so vitally important. But you know, he's not a great presence in front. Like I said, he doesn't have a great shot. Doesn't have. We we, we talked about that. I think you can make the case, or at least I felt going into the season that Trocheck was a better player than Strom, but he has not developed the chemistry that Strom and Panarin had. Um, it's it's interesting, Sam, what you say. Some juggling around. I'd love to see Trocheck off that top. Um, uh, uh, pairing uh, power play and put Heedle there. I think you're certainly onto something there. Just out of the blue, Michael on TV says hot grill or or golfful grill. <sighs> These are Texas Wiener places, and if you're listening outside of North Jersey, you probably know what I'm talking about. But look it up. Uh, uh, I spent more time in Golfful Grill. It's in Hawthorne. That's my hometown. Um, just a quick story because it's my podcast. Anthony will appreciate this. Every time I think of the Golf Grill, I think of this story. I just got my driver's license, so I'm 17 years old. It's 1985. And we're, we're, we stopped at the, the Golf Grill to get some food, and we were going to go out. And there was some buddies that were in a car in front of me, and then behind me, I was driving. And these really two hot girls came out asking for directions, and they thanked me by kissing me. And I was 17 years old. I flipped out. So Golfful Grill, I can get botulism at that place, and I would still think about what happened that night when I was 17 years old. Anyway, Golfful Grill, tremendous food. Go there. Um, but he asks a legitimate NHL question. Should players, um, uh, should Elaine uh, Lambert or Lou Lamarillo be held responsible for the Islanders play this season? Well, why not? I mean, you make the change of coach from Barry Trotz to Lane Lambert and the team takes a step back and then Lou didn't do anything to change anything with the team. You know, kind of tells you that uh, those guys probably have to be blamed. Could Barzell be better? Certainly. Could Lee be better? Yes. I think the goaltending has been terrific, but if you want to blame those two guys, it's, it's hard not to have some accountability with them because of the situation that you have with them being a step different than they were last year. Johnny Pajama says, if the Islanders GM wasn't named Lou, would he have already been fired? It's a great question. Last, No, I'm going to say no for this reason. Back-to-back trips to the third round. Last year, there's tons of excuses, injuries, and COVID. So would the first half of this year, where they're only just right there and striking distance to make the playoffs be enough to let a general manager go? No, but... Yeah, definitely in the conversation. Evan says, who do you think ends up being top four in the Metro? Well, top three is the most important, getting you into the playoffs. But if I end the answer to the question, here's how I think it's going to go. 
All right. I think Carolina is the best team they're going to go. All right. I think the Rangers will be two. Devils, three. The Penguins just don't go away. I'll say the Penguins. I, I think the Devils, now with their five-game winning streak, they have built up, I, ne- I think, enough equity to really start to think that they're a, a legit team now to where we, we've seen them go through their struggles and still survive and still be second, and now we're well into the second half of the season. I think, uh, without question, I think they'll be there at the end, whether they're two, whether they're four. They're going to make the playoffs, and I think they'll be in the top three. The question is, will it be... Um, who is going to be that fourth team? Will it be Washington that's played well? Is it going to be Pittsburgh? Will the Islanders make it? I don't know. I think those teams are going to be certainly relegated to the wild card, and they all can't make it because there's only two wild card spots. All right, maybe I'll see you at UBS tonight. I'll be calling the Ranger game tomorrow against the Bruins, so I'm going to see a lot of the Boston Bruins over the next couple of days. I'll be looking forward to that. Um, What else do we have before we say goodbye? We gave you the schedule for uh, tonight's game, so we're good there. So we will talk to you again on Friday. What do we have on Friday? We'll answer uh, your questions uh, on Twitter at DonLeGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We will also do the top five of the week. All that is going to be coming up on the Friday edition. Thanks for listening. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.